In today's episode, we're sharing our favorite books, movies and TV shows, and apps. Hey everyone, welcome to the Papa Fatigue podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. You know, we often talk about big parenting issues like the challenges of being a father, sleep deprivation, tips for minimizing the risk of getting separated from your child. But today we're going to lighten things up a little bit by talking about our favorite books, movies, and apps. But first, here's my deal. I'm Dave. I have an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. I'm Jim. I've got two daughters, five and eight. So Jim, let's just get into this. Why don't you share with us some of your favorite books and, and what you like about them? So we had the the kindergarten open house uh, just recently. And one of the things that the teacher was really emphasizing is uh, it was um, the red program, read every day, mm-hmm. read something with your kindergartner every single day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where we started that, but we've been reading to our daughters probably every night since, uh, you know, since they were very young, even when they were infants. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's a big indicator of, of language development and, you know, mm-hmm. and problem solving and so on and so forth. And uh, I think it's been working. So we've got when I was thinking about this, we've got a whole range of books from the board books and the you know the pop-up books that we read when they were really babies, and then we've got some other sort of picture books and story books. And we're kind of in a transition now where the older daughter's now getting into chapter books and mm. she's uh, reading on her own, and the the younger is not reading yet. And so we've got to find, and she's really, but she's kind of bored with the with the kids books, you know mm-hmm. the. Um, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, certainly the board books, she's passed yeah, those, yeah. but she's, you know, the picture books are kind of getting old for her. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to find some way to get her involved in everything. So anyhow, uh, th- these are the things that I came up with is that for the younger one, I let her pick out a ton of library books. And so there's really nothing very special about those titles other than they're things that she likes and they've got good pictures and she gets to take a whole bunch of those. Mm-hmm. We read those as much as we can. As far as titles, any of the Mo Willems stuff, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Elephant and Piggy or yeah. the, the Pigeon, all the Pigeon books. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are lots of fun, and mm-hmm. those have always been a big hit, even now for the younger one. There's also a series of books by uh, Chris uh, Houghton, I guess, H O U G H T O N Houghton Houghton, that uh, that are cute little books. Uh, oh no, George! Um, sh- I have got a plan, and a little owl lost. That are you know big, bright, bold colors and simple mm-hmm. stories. And I don't even know if they rhyme, but they're good, good simple stories for the younger one. And then the standards, you know, Amelia Bedelia and, uh, you know, some of those other kind of cute books that are mm-hmm. not quite kid books, but not really reading books. For the older one, like I say, she's reading her own chapter books now. And we went through a couple of series, um, the Boxcar Gang series, mm-hmm. which is which is nice because it's this it's got this weird sort of. Domestic uh, sort of I don't know, I'm having a hard time describing it, it's a. Uh, it's mysterious in a really innocent way, you know, so there's. <laughs> It's, you know, there's big mysteries to solve, but they're, you know, like the lost puppy, you know, things right, like right. that. So right. <laughs> it could be very compelling and, and, you know, if you've got the cliffhangers at the end of the story, but it's, uh, but it's also fairly innocent. Um, we didn't get through all of those. We, we got through three or four of them before we moved on to other things. Cat Ninja, which mm-hmm. we started thanks to <laughs> your and your daughter's recommendation. Yeah. Um, we also, we just got the City Spies book mm-hmm. that you had recommended. And I just like... That's that's advanced reading. (laughs) I was just reading the back of the covers about this girl who, like, you know, is hired by MI6 to to hack and and uh, you know fight the villains. Anyhow, it's going to be interesting. So we're going to start that. Um, 
But anyhow, to sort of bridge that gap between the younger one and the older one, we've, uh, I'll read to both of them at the same time. We've read Stuart Little, The Mouse of the Motorcycle, uh, some of the Ramona series, uh, The Creek in Times Square, which is one that, that I enjoyed when I was a kid, and then a lot of the Roald Dahl books. And some of those I've had to sort of edit as I read, because they are, <laughs> some of those are a little, they've got some things that are outdated, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> But we've read The Giant Peach and The Chocolate Factory and a lot of the short stories. So mm-hmm. anyhow, that's the gamut. We're reading Harry Potter now, and both of them are just thrilled with it, and they won't let me put it down at the end of the end of the story, or at the end of the chapter. So anyhow, so that's, there's a, the other one. Uh, I think it's The Incredible Benedict. Oh, gosh, I should have looked it up before we talked. But it's um, uh, Kai and the Monkey King and Arthur and the Golden Rope and uh, Marcy and... Like the gold, like uh, the Pharaoh's Secret, or something like that, mm-hmm. and they're great picture books that have really big words, mm-hmm. and they are loosely based on on uh, mythology, you know, mm-hmm. English, Norse, mm-hmm. and, and Chinese mythology, and so they're interesting stories, pretty pictures, big words. The kids love them because they look like comic books, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and they they've always enjoyed. I'm waiting for them to come out, and but they, there's only those three, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping that they'll have another one soon. How are you guys approaching? Harry Potter, we've sort of talked about this in the episode about movies and, and things that we're looking forward to. And, you know, when Harry Potter starts out, it's very innocent. And we've talked about this, right? By by book five with Cedric Deary, it takes a mm-hmm. dark, dark turn. Are you kind of just going to bang through the first four? Or, you know, we've I kind of thought about maybe reading the first one and then giving it like a year in, in sort of mm-hmm. the similar release schedule that kids actually experienced it when it right. came out. How are you guys thinking about those? Yeah, you, you and I have talked about that. And I think that's, you know, maybe that's how the books were written so that they advance at the same level that the readers advance. You know, they come out a year, every two years or whatever. And what's uh, what I'm learning, I'm forgetting how good a book that is. We're just reading the first mm-hmm. one. It is a really good book. And I can see how it spawned a sequel and so on and so forth. But I think that you know, I've got some theories about why it really changed its character, but the first one's really good. So mm-hmm. we're going to read the first one. I'll let them see the movie. We'll read the second one, so on and so forth. But I think that, like, I think four might be enough. Yeah, and it feels like maybe yeah. if she wants to read four on her own, you know, I'm not going to stop her. But I don't think I don't think I need to read beyond that. Mm-hmm. So going back to City Spies, I was thinking about City Spies. So yeah, we pounded through the first one and. Uh, my daughter loved that. I mean, she just couldn't get enough of it. She's constantly like, when we're done reading, she's like, one more chapter, one more chapter. She's just booking me all day long to just bang through this book. Uh, but one thing I like about it is City Spies, to me, is sort of the same age as um, the, I think it's the the Spy School series. And I think it's actually the same author. But the difference to me was that I'm not... Cl- so for starters, the protagonist of the city spies is a girl who's 12 and i think the protagonist for the spy school series is a 13 year old boy but to me the main difference was i was looking at those because somebody gave us the the um spy school series is that i think the spy school series tackles a lot more i was just kind of reading through the backs of them and there's talk about assassination attempts and things like that which i'm not clear that i want to get into yet versus you know the spy school series i think is or city spies is 
there's at least in the first book we hadn't had to deal with any of the assassination plots and like people dying left and right and things like that so it felt a, a little bit more age appropriate for an eight-year-old uh, but i really like that one and she's already bugging me to get the second one and the third one comes out in february so that's a good one and i also like that it's it's pretty dense right it's like a 400 page book so there's some heft to it and and sort of some meat around the story so you know prior to this my daughter had banged out um charlie and the chocolate factory with my mom and they're going through uh the lion the witch in the wardrobe series which i completely didn't realize how mm-hmm. short the lion the witch and it's like a 150 200 page book and it's like a it's like an afternoon um so it's kind of i like that that city spies because there's some hip to it and it it takes a little bit of time so she has to stay invested and involved in it and and follow the storyline and i as we were reading through it there are some parts in the book where i'm like okay what do you think is going to happen here and because also at this age there's there's some sort of inferences that they're supposed to be drawing at least as they're you know understanding their through their reading comprehension so i like that one a lot um for her i think also for her when she was a little bit younger i like the princess in black series because it really mm-hmm. was yeah, sort of those. you know i don't it wasn't counterculture right but it was very much like hey this is a you know by day she's a princess but by night you know she's this you know kick-ass superhero and and i i you know i think all the girls were reading that that must have been what about kindergarten which i think is kind of mm-hmm. the right age to have that fun and we'll go back to those occasionally just because you know she wants to hit it every once in a while but my son really likes them too and so i think i like that book because it it uh it, i think it's got a great sort of storyline one also that we like which i actually got from you guys was the greeting from somewhere series yeah we got that's, through that series yeah, right that's cool that's a great one and that is one of the few series that she will go back to frequently mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i look at her books and i love how they're just all banged up and creased and folded i'm like that's a loved book right that's what a yeah. book should look like it it shouldn't look new i mean i like when my books look new but i really want her to really you know tear it all up and i want the books to be loved and frayed and everything like that and, and she really enjoys that there are i think 10 or 11 of those and she keeps asking me when the next one's coming out and if you go to the website it, it doesn't seem like there's another one and she's like come on so <laughs> she really really enjoys that one another one that i like is the ada lace series there are i think five of those and we bang through all of those and i i like that there's there's actually even there's a little bit of learning for adults at least for me there are some things that i've learned i you know the the writer she's very accomplished professionally and in the sciences and she sprinkles a lot of terms and and just fun um, concepts into the book so the kids are learning a little bit without understanding that they're learning so i like that one and then something that we just picked up uh is as we are kind of thinking about getting our kids on track for just understanding money and being financially responsible i've kind of picked up a couple of books so these aren't recommendations yet because we're kind of in the process of going through these but i picked up investing for kids and the everything kids money book and I like them because I think they're going to provide at least a solid background for us to talk about investing and saving money and, you know, the stock market and, and stocks versus bonds and, you know, all these other kinds of things. So I think that it's, it um, provides a framework to discuss, you know, finances. And, you know, she's only eight, but I think, you know, now's a perfect time to start introducing those concepts to her as she's trying to save money up. So for her, I I like those series a lot. For our son, one thing that we picked up recently from the library was the Mad Scientist Academy. 
that's a really fun book. It's sort of written in comic book style, but the one that we have now, um, the Mad Scientist Academy, Ocean Disaster, there is a ton of actual learning in that book. They have an actual um, consultant who works with them on making sure that the science is correct that they talk about. And so it's a great storyline. There's you know a, a lot of learning in there, and they don't know that they're learning. I mean, when I read it to him for the first time, I think probably the next 10 days straight, 15 days straight, that was the requested book at bedtime. And it was enough that I was starting to get sick of this book and I'm glad we're I'm like, now I'm starting to say like, let's read these ones because I'm, I'm sick of it. But it's a great book. And I, I think we'll probably, we'll probably buy a copy. Usually what I do is we'll check it out from the library first and kind of see how it takes. But that's a good one. The other ones that I like for him also are the, there's a series called What Do You Do With? And there's three of them. So it's What Do You Do With a Chance? What do you do with an idea? And what do you do with a problem? And I like them because, so if we take the problem, for instance, it talks about how at first, so it sort of turns problems into these um, like physical things, maybe a butterfly or a ball or something like that. And, and you see like with the problem first, he kind of dodges it and then it becomes bigger and bigger. And then he finally has to tackle it. And there's, I think the chance, like there's a little bit of like hesitancy, like, do I take the chance? Do I not? What do I do with it? And, and the more that he doesn't embrace the chance that he's provided, the smaller it gets, right? So visually it, it mm, starts to shrink. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, maybe I should take a look at this thing. You know, so I, I like how it sort of personifies these, um, I don't know, opportunities, not the right word, but right, these things that ultimately I'm trying to teach them about, like seizing the opportunities and not, you know, not running away from your problems and, um, you know, taking like what to do with, you know, taking on an idea. And, and I think also in so much as, I like just sort of the concept of them having an entrepreneurial mindset. And it doesn't mean that they have to go out and, you know, um, create the next big company. But I think that if you have that entrepreneurial mindset, it will do you well in life. And so I think these are kind of those things that help them to understand that. They probably have not been as successful in terms of uh, how often my kids want to read those as I would like them to be. <laughs> but I, I think they're beautifully illustrated and I like the stories that they tell. And it's actually the one, um, uh, what do you do with a problem? I actually like that. I, I sort of bought that one for myself. I, I, I just like these because I think even for adults, it's just a nice storyline. And and the last one that I like for, for him is the Elephant and Piggy series, like you said. I think those are so, they're so great. You know, they, they have storylines that are fun. And there will be times when We'll quote a book title. Uh, in particular, things like he'll be like, "I don't want to wait for this. I don't want to wait for that." I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you know." The, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember what's the name. What's the? I'm completely blanking. What is the, waiting is not easy. Yes, there you go. I say waiting is not easy, and he knows exactly what I'm talking about. So I think that you know those. It's kind of a quick reminder, and and it's a way of when they when they enjoy that book, of just reminding them, hey, remember at the end of this, there's going to be something great. I mean, maybe it's just dinner, but like there's a reason we're waiting, and there's something there. So I think those are all really good books and you know i i like you i i kind of go to the library and do the research and then we'll bring a bunch of books home and then kind of see which ones they like and then we'll usually we'll usually add those to our collection that's one of the reasons this conversation is helpful because i do go to the library and what i want is a list and usually i'll look at the like the the newberry award mm-hmm. winners or call or the cot yeah the call yeah and just figure those are probably good winners mm-hmm. uh you know literally um, but a quick loser. So what it was, the Arthur and the Golden Rope is the Brownstone family uh, mythology series. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's great. We got that recommendation from from their older cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other books I, I didn't 
mention or the series of books was the uh, the ordinary people change the world book there uh, are books it's uh, the i am uh, and then as uh, these names from from history there everybody from george washington and benjamin franklin to you know walt disney uh, sonia sotomayor i'm looking at the list right now and uh, jim henson that's a favorite one and what's great about these is that they've got lessons about exactly that. Ordinary people change the world. You know, this is how they grew up. This is some of the formative experiences. You know, obviously it's not in-depth, you know, biography stuff, but it is, uh, but it's helpful context. And it's history. It's a way for them to learn history. You know, I am Sacagawea. It's, you know, we talk a lot about what the United States was like and what happened and, and you know, the westward expansion and what that means for everything. And um, and, they, and they like them, you know. They're, they're cute books. They're visually... Uh, visually nice to look at. They look like comic books. There's, you know, lots of, um, you know, inside jokes and things like that. So that's, we've, I think we've got every single one of those and, and the girls love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so one of the things you were mentioning about is, you know, how, how you choose books. You know, one of the things that I'll do is I'll look for something that I'm trying to convey to the kids. So I'll maybe Google books with strong female characters or books about whatever financial, you know, learning about finances or books that teach about resiliency or perseverance. And then I'll kind of take those, kind of scan them, run them up against the library list and, and see what they have. The, the last time, because, you know, because of COVID, right, the libraries are not, they haven't all been open and it was harder to get books transferred from branch to branch. So this last time we went, and I maxed out their cards. So that's, you know, like 50, I don't know. We must have yeah. like almost 60 books or something like that. Yeah. And it's, we, can, we just can't get through them, especially when you have chapter books. So at this point, I'm sort of taking pictures of the ones that, oh, I got to remember to re-rent this because like, it's just, you, you just can't get through it. It was one of these, like my eyes were just bigger than what yeah. we were capable of doing. But I also think, you know, one of the things you talked about is, how your daughter, when she goes to the library, just pulls stuff off the shelves. I think, though, there is something I like giving them that mm-hmm. experience, too, to be yeah, like, me too. right, just take whatever you want and we'll yeah. just figure it all out because it'll be fun. And, and to sort of foster that love of reading, which I'm really trying to to convey in them. You know, the, the um, City Spies, it's funny. I mean, that would have been the perfect book for me as a 12-year-old boy mm-hmm. and it just it didn't exist so i had to in my mind i'd invent all these stories about being a spy and stuff like that but the the amount of and the breadth of books that are available now it's just mm-hmm. i mean not that there weren't before but it to me it just it more closely matches i think what my kids are looking for and maybe i was just a little bit more lazy when i was their age but uh giving them the opportunity to go do that and and um you know the, i i like it when they're like when i say hey it's you know we're gonna go to the library and they're eyes light up and like yeah, yeah it's right. great and, you know, how many books can i get yeah and that feels you know, like a win right and and so to kind of keep that up and i i wonder how long the bedtime reading will last i mean i'm fine to read to both of them as long as they want but you know our daughters are eight at some point are they going to say like hey you know what i'm too old i'll read harry potter on my own which is fine and although it'll be one of those moments where you're like man they're getting old fast right? yeah you know, I remember I had a sleepover with a, at a friend's house when I was in like sixth grade. And we're like in the bunk beds and it's great. And his mom came in and started reading to us. And I thought, what the? <laughs> I mean, it was really pleasant, but I just, I didn't realize that something people did. So I don't remember what it was, but it was definitely, a, you know, it was a, an older yeah. chapter book. Nice. Which, by the way, speaking of older chapter books, have you looked at The the Hobbit? Uh, I know some other parents that have read it with their children. And, and I'd like to. I mean, I, I, I like J.R.R. Tolkien, Tolkien, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't. Well, so I didn't read it as a kid. 
And so, you know, I'm not really familiar with it. I think for me, probably to slowly start moving into that world would probably to just get through the entire Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe series to sort of introduce mm-hmm. the, the sort of fantasy world. Yeah. And then if we can make it through, what are those, what, five, seven of those? I only read the first one when I was a kid, uh, but I had the whole series somewhere. So I think it's kind of like if I could, if she's interested enough to make it through that entire series, then, yeah, I mean, I'd probably start looking at larger, sort of more mm-hmm. pervasive books. Um so yeah, I, I think we'll have to see. Yeah, I think part of this with the kids too is sort of seeing what they're yeah. interested in and you know what they're willing to learn more about and where they're like, man, I'm gonna pass on this. I mean, I, I've certainly brought home books where I'm like, I really want to read this to her because I think it's mm. there's something interesting, and she's like, mm, pass. Nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's actually there are a couple books that I just rented this last time. One was about, uh, I think, entrepreneurship. And I'm like, this is going to be great. <laughs> Kids love entrepreneurship. Yeah. entrepreneurship. She's like, she's like, no. <laughs> but yeah. but I was like, all right, well. We're, and bonds, we're, too. Kids love right? bonds. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yes. Some of it's lessons, lessons in life. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. There are a few things that I would still. I, I think it's like food, right? Where I'm trying yeah. to get, I'm trying to get my kids to try stuff. Let's make it through the first 20 pages. And if you don't like it fine you gave it a shot i gave it a shot i can feel that i did my best to have you read this book and i'll just go find another entrepreneurship book with another protagonist and another storyline and I'll, I'll sneak it in there somehow so jim why don't you tell us about your favorite movies and tv shows we we had a whole podcast about screen time and and i think that and i think at the time we had just cut back and there have been some things, some episodes with the screen is similar to some of the things that have been happening with the, with the, your family. Mm-hmm. And we stopped doing TV for a while and we would just do the Friday and Saturday night movies. Uh, and Friday night movie would be the family movie. And then Saturday night, the, the girls could watch the movie and mom and dad could have some peace and quiet for a little bit. Uh, but that's kind of gone out the window summertime. You know, we've had some chaos around here and so they've ended up watching more TV, but so I'll let them watch TV uh, but it's got to be something that's got some redeeming value to it. And, you know, one that you and I talk about a lot is the Wildcraft series. And there's mm-hmm. like 20 seasons of that. And so, I mean, they could watch that all day and they, they repeat them. They, they like watching their favorite animals. Um, and they learn things, learn, you know, they'll pop up with these facts and, and figures from, you know, when we're at the, well, when we used to be at the zoo or, or whatever, and even some of the animals in the backyard. Word Girl is a winner. Uh, I even like Word Girl. It's got some pretty funny writing to it, and you know they've got two words that they they use throughout the throughout the episode that you know illustrate the point of the word. And so I'll I'll let them watch it, but I'll listen with one ear when I'm in the kitchen or whatever, and I'll quiz them. You know mm-hmm. what what was that word? You know the mm-hmm. word they say at the beginning. The words today are so and so. So make sure that they're not just watching it like a cartoon and they're actually learning something. We recently found uh, the Storybots series, which uh, frankly is just a little bit, a little bit above them. Uh, certainly the younger one, uh, but it's really good, really educational, it's re- and they they teach the stuff in a way that's really accessible to to children. Uh, and so I'm I'm letting them watch that as much as they they'd like when they sit down and do screen time. One that we that the older one did, the younger one hasn't gotten into so much was Super Why, uh, about uh, about reading and you know that little. Uh, you know, fill in the blank with the the letter or the word, and and they write a story together. And it was it was that, that's a helpful book. Um, other TV shows. There's one that they watch that is just like pure cotton candy for the eyes. 
<laughs> it's uh, true in the Rainbow Kingdom, mm-hmm. and it is. It's just bubble gum. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's pretty sugary, but it is. It does have a sort of problem solving uh, angle to it, and um, you know some other some other features that make it tolerable. Anyhow, those are most of the TV shows. What a, uh, before we do movies, tell me about your TV shows. Yeah, so like you mentioned, we're still on a video timeout, so it's been, <laughs> it's been months, and and at this point, I would suggest that there are probably still a few more months to go. But that being said, one of the things that I do like are the, basically all all of the Netflix original series. You know, if your child is learning another language. Those Netflix originals are dubbed into, I think, six or seven different languages. And so if it's a sort of a, quote, major language, if your child is learning that language, then there's an opportunity there to at least sit them in front of another, um, you know, for them to get some more exposure to that in, in during the summertime. So I, I like those. Like, I think Octonauts is one of them that is falls under that rubric. Um, there are a few. I, I think True and Rainbow also fall under that although if your your kids have been used to watching that in english they're going to have a hard time when you say okay i'm going to switch it into spanish now moving <laughs> right. forward but do you put the subtitles on when you do that I, you know we haven't really done much of it um mostly because the shows that they've watched i do feel like i'm going to get some pushback if i'm like all right you've enjoyed watching it in english now i'm going to switch the language on you and then you know again part of it is just that they have not watched anything in a while and, and because of that they don't ask anymore because they know yeah. the answer is they're in an indefinite timeout yeah. because there was a, a few rule infractions there yeah. but yeah so i think netflix if you know if, if again if netflix originals if your child is looking for another language i like also the lego master series that's on fox when that show first came on i guess it was last year maybe my calendar it might be two years now but my daughter had just started playing with Lego a little bit before that. And and what I noticed was that she always just sort of stuck to the instructions, despite the fact that we had just all these loose Lego. And I'm like, what, you know, you can do whatever you want. And, and she just, she had a really hard time grasping, like I can make whatever. And I felt that that Lego master series would help her understand, like I can, should be able to just dump a bucket of Lego on the table and you should just make stuff. And it really did. You know, after that, they were really into Lego. My son actually can play Lego all day long, just sit there with a bunch of different stuff and just he'll play all day long and and make. What's kind of interesting is when I was a kid, I would make something and then I would never take it apart. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) And what he'll do is he'll build something. He might ask me to take a picture of it. And then as soon as that's done, he'll completely blow it up. And then build another version of it, which is pretty cool to see that it's cool. just constantly changing. And I like he's I think he's very creative. And, and I think that Lego Master, I don't know whether Lego Master was necessarily responsible by him, but I think for her, it helped her understand that you don't need to follow the directions. And oh, by the way, most of the bricks that we have anyway, they don't there's no directions with them anyway. So I, I like that. And it, it really shows off people's creativity and it, and it gave them something to to kind of look forward to. And what service is that? That's it's just on Fox. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's one of the few because we've cut the cables. Uh, we we're you know we cut the cord, so we actually it's, we don't watch any network TV or anything. Mm-hmm. But thank you know through the app we can do that. But that's a uh, yeah that's basically the only thing. I I think like you also Wildcrats the kids love that and and there's some learning there. And then you know going back to sort of the struggles that we've had during movie night as as we've talked about in previous podcasts. 
Disney Plus for me was great in that it has all this sort of National Geographic content. So there's, you know, all this great stuff on animals and geography and all that stuff. And and so, you know, I think any of those series are, are pretty good. The docuseries, we really got into the sort of behind the zoo. There's, a there's mm-hmm. I think, behind the zoo and they do three or four different zoos and there's whole series of them. Uh, I think the Tampa Bay one, there's like four seasons of that. And so you can kind of follow that. And and I also think about those as they don't sugarcoat what happens to the animals. You will see animals. I mean, you won't literally see animals pass away on the show, but there will be animals that become very sick. And, you know, the, the way that the show is set up, you think that the animal has made it through surgery okay. And then, you know, on the way back to their enclosure, they have a seizure and, you know, they they wow. run back and they try and say, and, and they're not capable. They just can't. So I, I appreciate that there is at least some level of realism to that. And I don't, you know, it's a little bit hard to kind of figure out, you know, when your kid is ready for that. But, you know, I thought my kids were ready for it. And, but it, I was still, when the, the first time we saw one of those, because you don't necessarily know it's coming up, right? You're experiencing it mm-hmm. at the same time. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of looking over at the kids, like, how, how are they going to handle this? Is everybody going to be okay? But I think overall, the, the, you know, Look, they're all those are all educational, and and um, so those are the ones that I go to. So, yeah, I mean that's kind of most of the TV shows. I actually don't have a lot of movies, just simply because, you know, we since the the movie piece of movie night has been so difficult because my daughter is ready, but my son is not. She just hasn't watched a ton of movies. There are a number of ones that I think she's ready for, but you know because of him, we sort of held back. And then also the fact that we're in a this indefinite screen time timeout has meant that I haven't had to show her Raya yet. Like she's, mm-hmm. she can still wait on that. But, but, but how about yourself for movies? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I could list all the titles, but really, I mean, we're just desperate for content. You know, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're doing two movies, a, two movies a week, and, you know, we do a lot of repeats too. But, I mean, we've just gone through the entire Disney repertoire. And mm. what we do is we just find, um, you know, we just find age-appropriate movies. And the younger one is, uh, she's able to, she's a little bit more adventurous than, than even the older one. So if something is for seven or eight year olds, uh, she'll, she'll ride fine with that. And so we, you know, we use the common sense media, which I'm sure everyone does, just try to find some things that are age appropriate. And if there's anything that, that we need to talk about ahead of time, we will. Uh, we, one worth mentioning that, um, I don't know that I had before is uh, my octopus teacher. It was a, just a beautiful movie, and it was also it, you know like the the zoo series. I mean, it's about life and death and cycle of life and uh, you know connection to nature, and it was, it was a really pretty movie, and uh, and it seemed to seemed to really resonate with the with both the girls. Uh, but other than that, you know, all the Disney princess movies. Uh, was it Studio uh, Ghibli? Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? We've gone mm-hmm. through those. We haven't seen Spirited Away yet. That one seems a little. Uh, yeah, a little too fantastical or dark or spooky. Frankly, just mm-hmm. spooky. Um, but uh, but yeah, we and you know, so long as it's got some, I don't want to say redeeming quality, but some sort of uh, lesson. You know, some sort of I don't know, just good good media. You know, so mm-hmm. long as it's good media, we'll go ahead and do that. Okay. So, what kinds of favorite apps and websites do you got? Yeah, we went through this too, I think, in, a, in a, another uh, podcast. And the ones that come to mind, uh, a lot of the ones that you mention or you're going to mention, uh, also Storyline Online, which is the SAG uh, after, after, you know what I'm talking about. The yeah, Foundation. Screen Actors Guild, yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. And they've got um, they've got famous actors that'll come on and they'll read books. And there's a video series. Sometimes I'll let them watch that while they're having lunch. Uh, and some people just reading stories. And so they've got the pictures of the book, and then you know people actually telling stories. So it's uh, it's fairly wholesome. Um, Duolingo, we do that for the younger one in, in particular. It helps her with her letters, and um, you know they get to trace the letters and you know sight words and things like that. There's one called Queens and Castles, which is just just a game. It's just a video game, but it is a problem-solving game in that you've got to do the right uh, action. You know, it's like a puzzle. You know, you got to do one thing before you do the next. If you do it wrong, then this one's blocked off. And so, uh, you know, it's a trial and error sort of um, coding mentality where you got to you have to do all the right things in the right order in order to get the to get the result. So uh, I'll let them. I'll let them watch that one. And then a bunch of uh, reading and letter apps, you know, again, particularly for the younger one, uh, so she can learn her sight words and trace out the letters and things like that. And, you know, there's uh, uh, there's one in particular that uh, that I can't recall the title of, but, um, you know, there's tons of them on the App Store. Is your daughter asking to play Minecraft or Roblox or any of those games? Is she starting to bring those up? She's interested in Minecraft just because she, because I think her classmates were interested in it. A lot of her friends are interested in it, uh, but she doesn't really have any interest in. She's curious. She's interested in it, but she isn't interested in playing it. Uh, she just kind of wants to know more about what it's like. She, we were over at um, her, their cousin's house recently, and uh, and he he's the same age. Um, he's got the Nintendo Switch for mm. for COVID. Mm-hmm. And so he's really into video games, and so she got to play some of the Mario Kart games and the the Mario. Part. I wasn't even familiar with it. It's a whole suite of games that you play mm-hmm. with the Mario characters. Um, so she was interested in that. But other than that, she doesn't really play video games. Mm. Yeah, the, the reason I bring it up is because so our daughter is is asking about Minecraft, and I've never played it, but it it feels like there's a sort of physics engine to it, and you know, it's it's much more than there. I think at school there is a Minecraft class because there is, you know, there's some level of education to the game. Hmm. So well, that's good to know. That. Yeah, so I, I think that that's one that you can embrace uh, if she if she does. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. And actually, since you're since you mentioned uh, gaming, I have a Switch, uh, although I got it before lock, lockdown. But <laughs> one of the things that I did get during the lockdown was I got the Ring Fit game, which is. So during COVID, during the lockdown, that's like an $80 game, I think, that was selling for three to $500 because people couldn't go to the gym. But what we're doing right now, since the kids are, you know, they're home from school and we just don't have a lot of time to go out, certainly on the weekdays, is that's her exercise. You know, she'll have to play for whatever, 30, 40 minutes. And she's... I mean, you know, she when all right, it's time to play Ring Fit. She goes, she gets her water bottle, she puts on her shorts. I mean, it's like it's a it's a thing. But she does. Is it like is it like the Wii? Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, so there's um there's like a physical there's like a a a ring. There's a circular hoop that you push or pull or manipulate. So like there's some I guess for the back where you you pull it like a bow and arrow. Right, so you hold one in the one hand, you pull the other end back, and then you can do, um, you know, you can work your legs by doing, by putting it between your thighs and crushing it, or doing squats. And because it can, because you attach the ring controller to it, it can sense itself in space. So it can tell if you put it over your head or if you move it into the left or to the right. So it does sense in three dimensions, and so you do get a, a pretty decent workout out of it, and which is why. 
you know, the thing was just completely mm-hmm. astronomically high during during the early days of COVID when really nobody was even going outside, right? Because nobody knew how, how you caught it. And so that's that's been something that, that she's played. And and yeah, I mean, it gets, gets her off the couch. And it's funny because our son will, you know, when she's running and doing this stuff, he'll mimic her with, we have, I also have a Wii, which we don't play with, but he, there's a wheel for that. Like it's actually a mm-hmm. racing car wheel, but he'll use that as if it's the controller. So he'll mimic the same movements that she does. So I feel like I get a twofer with that. And uh, it keeps them busy for a little while, so that's a uh, that's a good game that we have. But on the on the on the app and website side, yeah, I, I think we do have a lot uh, of similar ones because we were introduced to them in the same way, right? So Codable is a great coding app, and she likes to play with that. Osmo, I like Osmo. It's a um, you know it's an app, but there are sort of physical pieces, so they have tanograms. And instead of like on a lot of apps where you have a tanogram and you would simply move them using your finger mm-hmm. on the screen, here you're physically moving physical pieces, and there's a like a mirror on your camera so it can detect where they are in space. So I I think there is something to having this physical tactile piece that is better than you know just moving your fingers on the screen and manipulating these two-dimensional objects but they also have coding and logic and there's uh, spelling math there's all sorts of different um, games for that so i think that's a really good one graffle game is another good one that we like um, and that one both kids can use that that's sort of helping them learn to read where they'll you start putting different letters together and understanding the combination of sounds and so there's a repetition to that and there's a game to that and they have that I think Graffle Game has a couple of languages on that, but yeah, we have the English one. Epic, which I know we both use, that's a great app for reading. And some of the stories can be read to you. And I've noticed that when my son uses it and he has the stories being read to him, you can set the settings so that it will highlight the word as it's going by. So I think that that's a nice way. So I I feel less like it's just straight screen time, I guess, even though it, it might be, but you know, somehow without having actually taught him to read, just we were playing around there. I can't even remember how this happened, but we discovered that he actually can read. So we were starting to put <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, we were, so we started <laughs> testing him and, you know, you could put like little words together like um, cat, bat, dog, and just you put those to, and he can sound it out. And I'm not sure where he's getting it because I asked this teacher, I'm like, are you guys, I don't think you're doing this at school yet, are you? She's like, no. And it's certainly not coming from his parents. So it must be coming from somewhere. And my only thought is the only other thing is, you know, are some of these apps that we have. And it was was kind of shocking. Like he actually, you know, there are a fair number of three letter words that he can read and it it did kind of come out of nowhere. So that was a a fun, fun, we we videoed that whole thing because we're just not prepared for it. Uh, and then the last app that I have is actually not really one for the kids. It's one for the adults, but it's one to use with the kids. It's a geocaching app. It's actually called geocaching. And we've recently started the geocache, which it's, it's a fun treasure hunt, right? So they'll give you a location and then they'll give you some clues. And then you, it's up to you to figure out where this thing is. And we've done some ones in urban areas, which seem to be a little bit easier for us to find. But there's one, like we have this huge mountain behind us in our backyard. And we probably spent, I don't know, 40 minutes foraging around for this clue that we never found. But what I like about it is it gets the kids out of the house, right? Like there's, it is a real live treasure hunt. And just like a treasure hunt, you might be successful, you might not be, but that's part of the fun of, 
of, of doing it. And, you know, there was this huge public park that we went to. And in that one park, there were, I think, six different geocaches. So, you know, we banged out a couple hours at the park and it was a lot of fun. And it's to the point now where, you know, my kids are asking like, hey, can we basically have make our own geocache, which you can do. Nice. And so it, I think it's just a fun way, especially as city kids, like it's just a fun way to get them out and for it not to be about the hike and like, when can we go home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More about like, all right, you know, just we just got to walk 10 minutes and, you know, and the treasure hunt begins. So keep your eyes peeled. So that's been a lot of fun and, and we'll probably use more of those. I've, I've also, there's one on a bike path near here. So we actually biked and that's part of the reason they went as far as they did because there was mm-hmm. this, you know, this potential at the end and that it had a stuff actually so far, I think my daughter, despite the fact that I've looked pretty hard, I think my daughter's found almost all of our geocaches. She's probably found like we probably had seven or ten of them. I think she, well, she maybe found like she might have found like eight of them, eight out of ten. She's, she's quite good at it, so it's fun and and you know she gets really excited about that. So you know it 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 accomplishes. It takes a number of boxes, shall we say? You're right, right. So I like that one. And then I guess last to kind of uh, close this out, Jim. I, you know, we I just kind of put in a slot for miscellaneous favorite things from games to you know, for me, subscription boxes, like whatever else that you have. So like, what are some of the other fun things that you guys have in your life? So we do, we had a game night every Sunday. And so we've got a whole roster of games that we kind of cycle through. And so some of the, the favorite ones uh, are Spot It. We've got a different mm-hmm. couple of different versions of Spot It. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know the game. They've got yeah, little cards good. and you have mm-hmm. to match uh, your picture to the one on there. And um, that's uh, particularly was good for, for the, uh, when they were a little bit younger. Um, but it's still fun. I mean, my wife and I have to handicap ourselves pretty mm-hmm. heavily so that, they, yeah. so that the girls can keep up. Uh, but that's a fun one. We recently played the the Catan Junior, which is based mm-hmm. on the Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty involved game. And we pulled it out. It was, it was just a couple of days ago, actually. And um, we pulled it out in the afternoon to kill some time. And I wasn't sure that they were going to really take to it because it is fairly involved. And they both, the five-year-old and the and the eight-year-old, they really enjoyed it. So hmm. that's that's one that I, I wouldn't be uh, afraid to try. Um, apples to Apples is a fun game we play where it's uh, you have to um, you match some words and then you have to make a persuasive argument about why your word matches mm-hmm. that word most most correctly. And so it's it's really I love watching my eight-year-old say, and this is why because, and then she she does a very it may have been something that they practice in school, but she does a very good persuasive <laughs> argument about about why this. And then the younger one is just, you know, she's got some hilarious answers, so we end up having a pretty good laugh. There's a, a, a game called Duckaroo, which is pretty much just an easy memory game, and I think the younger one got it for her third, maybe her fourth birthday, and it was a big hit. And we don't play it anymore, but for, for younger kids, that was a... That was a big hit. And then memory games, you know, we've got uh, like a Dr. Seuss memory game and, you know, we flip over the cards and, and uh, everyone seems to enjoy those. So, you know, and then the usuals, we got Jenga. Um, we've never figured out Monopoly or Life. Those seem a little bit too <laughs> too involved. But um, anyhow, I mean, of all of those, I think the Apples to Apples and the Catan Jr. are, are worth remembering. Yeah, so for us on the games, yeah, we've got a ton of games. I love games as... As teaching tools, I always find that they're kind of a nice way to slip in some learning. So the kinds of games that I really like, 
there's a bunch from Game Right. I love that company. We've got, I don't know, we must have five or ten games from Game Right. That's sort of the outfoxed with the logic. Zeus on the Loose, which I really like. It's a math-based game, so it's there's um you have to get to a hundred. There's these cards. They're numbered one through a hundred, and you have to get to a hundred. And so you play a card of you know a certain number, and and so the the game mechanic is that you're adding these cards up. And the first person to a hundred is the winner, but you can also subtract stuff, and you also capture the the figure at every sort of uh, multiple of ten. So there's all these different concepts that go into that game, and so I like that one because the actual gameplay mechanic is math. And another one like that is Sushi Go. Both of these are game right games. Sushi Go is another one that's another fun card game where there's a math mechanic. There's some multiplication in there. There's always strategy in all these games, but I think those are really fun games because I ask her to do the math. I'm not going to add it for her. If you want to play that, that's how you're going to do it. And so she just, she knows that's the thing and she embraces it. And so it's an easy way to sneak in some math practice. And we're doing a lot of also cooperative-based games right now. So Forbidden mm-hmm. Island which I think is actually another game right game, which is a lot of fun. There's um, uh, there's a pandemic game that we've played. It's not the actual pandemic. It, there's a dice-based pandemic game. And so we've just started to play that one. That one's a little bit harder because the mechanic, because it's a real-time game. And so there's a time crunch. So it's a little bit harder to strategize while the time crunch is happening versus the actual legit pandemic game. But there's a whole bunch of these. There's another one. I'm completely blanking on the name, but I really like it. It's, the, it's a firefighting game where you're all firefighters and you have to go into the building and put out the fires. And you know you win if you get everybody out and you lose if you lose a certain number of people that are in the building or if the building collapses. So there's a lot of strategy in terms of how far away you are from the fire who's closest to free, you know, getting the person out. And one of the funny mechanics for us is that um, it, it, our son can kind of play it. I mean, he's five, he's really into firefighters, but um, he will pass it. Like sometimes the kids will argue over who's going to rescue the person at the building. Meanwhile, the building's like collapsing down, but they're like, no, I'm going to rescue it. Even though like, especially for our son, he might be one of the furthest firefighters away. It's like, well, it's just so much easier to let your daughter, your sister save this person. You save the next person because of the distance. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to do it anyway. It'll just, he'll basically blow a turn moving into the room when she's just going to, you know, by the time it's his turn again, the person will already be saved and out of the building. But it's just sort of funny. So you lose the game if the building collapses and there are people inside? Yes, yeah, so there's, 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 there's two ways to lose. One is... It's a little grim. Well, you know, they're kids. They don't fully understand right, the, right. the import of it. But yeah, I mean, there's two ways to lose. One is if if uh, basically a number of the people in the building catch on fire, shall we say. And the other is if the of all the walls... If you have enough walls that collapse, that the building collapses. But it's a fun. There's a whole. Oh, there's a series of yeah. There's a series of them. But it's a. Fun, it's a really really fun game, and it, and uh, we play the base version, and but there's sort of a, a um a more complicated set of rules, which is really cool, where you can actually use the fire engine to put out the fire, and it like, but the 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 water hose is indiscriminate and if there's a bunch of people in there like they get washed away or something like that so the game mechanic is quite fun it's i mean it sounds ridiculous but it's a really fun game so i, I those are those are the kinds of games that we're into right now oh, and you said it was game right is that what it was 
that one is not a game, game right. right i'll actually but the other the others are a gamer game this firefighter game is not i'll actually i'm completely blanking on it i'll put that in the i'll put the name of the, the game in the show notes because it, it's a really good game and we just got it uh i think i got that for my daughter's birthday but yeah it's 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 a lot of fun and it's not you know there are um some of these games that have slightly more complicated game mechanics than others i think that Pandemic. I, I know that some of my daughter's friends do play Pandemic. I think that's a, a fairly complicated game mechanic, although maybe I should introduce that to her. I think this firefighting game, the game mechanics is fairly straightforward. It's something that you can kind of grasp pretty easily. And I think also as we started to get more into these types of games, there are, there's just a... There are a lot of the game mechanics are sort of similar, right? You draw a card, you make your move, you then draw cards to make it more complicated and then you pass it on to the next person there's sort of a you sort of get into this um similar type of game type and so it just becomes a little bit easier as you play these different variations of games but that it's it's, it's a good one and then um the other thing i wanted to mention was subscription boxes so i have started kind of picking up a few of these along the way the one that i really like is the stuff from KiwiCo, and we have been subscribed to that one for a little while. They break it down by ages. They start, I think the KiwiCo start as early as six months and they go all the way up to 14 plus. And, and so every month they send you a project and you build it. And uh, my daughter likes the 14 the year old boxes. They're more complicated. So the kinds of things that she's been building, she built a set of headphones that, that work that she uses to listen to the iPad. She built a speaker. And one of the ones that we use right now, she built a soap dispenser. So, you know, you press the button and dispense soap. We've been using this thing for over a year and it still works. And if you think it's our primary soap dispenser. So if you think about how many times you wash your hands a day, I mean, we're probably using that thing as a family, what, like 20 times a day for the last 365 days and it still works. So these things are pretty, you know, they're, they're built well, but other projects, some of the younger projects that we've done are making bath bombs and there's just a lot of, it's a lot of fun stuff. And certainly in the older crates at like the 14 year old, they also teach you what's happening. So as we're building circuits, they're teaching you a little about electricity and, you know, it's grilled towards a 14 year old, so she might not be getting all of it, but as somebody who she likes to work with her hands a lot. And so I think the Kiwi crates are a lot of fun and they definitely keep her busy. She just built a desk, one of those sort of folding desks uh, just the other day. That was the last one. So that was a lot of fun. And, you know, as she's building more of these things, I'm realizing that, you know, our poor son has been left out because I, I don't, the, the Kiwi crates for him are to me less interesting, but there is a subscription box that I've always been interested in for the kids and it's called Little Passports. And so this one is, a it's a geography crate and so unlike kiwi crate and a lot of these or kiwi co unlike a lot of these sort of stem based um subscription boxes where the subscription can last forever you can literally go five years or whatever on these things the kiwi goes little passports has sort of a fixed limit there are a certain number of countries so they're they're 24 it goes two years and then once you're done with those 24 countries that's it like they don't make any more then they they automatically switch you over to their stem series but what happens in these little passports is every month these kids fly to a different country and then they send you a box about what's happening in the country so the first one is brazil and then there's these coins that you collect and they give you a map of the world and then you put these sticker pins to show all the places that you've been to and there's a little project that's involved and 
what I like, and, and they sort of underplay it, I think, quite a bit in the marketing for Little Passports, but they send you a book. And I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, it's whatever, 10, 15 pages. It's a legitimate chapter book. It's like 40, mm. 50 pages. And it, we haven't read it yet, but it will talk about, I think, you know, these kids as they're going through Brazil and learning about the culture. And then, you know, they'll be handed off next month is Japan, which I wish it had, I wish I had subscribed a month earlier because we're watching the Olympics right now. Mm-hmm. So it would have been perfect. But so they're going to go through all these different countries all over the world and i think it's just kind of a nice way to introduce you know sort of this more global concept to him and they actually there's a little passport that you get and then they give you stickers to stamp your passport and to put it the very first crate comes with a suitcase and so you also will put your stickers from every country on the suitcase so it's it's kind of fun and i like that they they do have some stem boxes but the crates seem a little bit overpriced to me for the stem stuff that they do versus kiwico which i like and then the last subscription box that i just ordered because i'm really kind of curious is called groovy lab in a box and they seem to have some sort of um association with popular mechanics i i think they're they're working with popular mechanics for these projects. But what I like about this box, and we haven't gotten it yet, I just ordered it a couple days ago, is that unlike the KiwiCo box, the KiwiCo box, they give you all the product, all the stuff, and then they're like, here are the instructions, build this thing. The Groovy Lab in a box gives you a bunch of different things, and then they give you a challenge. And it sounds like the, the big thing that they're trying to do is teach you the engineering design process. So I saw that in the, there's a, a crate about um, like aerodynamics and flying. And so they give you all these different types of flying contraptions, right? So like a helicopter with a rubber band and like different types of airplanes and stuff like that. And then they will tell you, so they'll kind of teach you how these things work. And then the challenge that they present you is build an airplane or build a, a, a project, build something that will fly 15 feet, but you can do it any way you want. So it's less sort of guided, right? Kiwi Create is, there is a, this is how you do the thing. Whereas this Groovy Lab in a Box just says, here, here's what we want you to build. How you get there is up to you based on the materials that you've been provided with and what you've learned about whatever aerodynamics or you know whatever these other things are, electricity, electronics throughout the process. So I think that my sense is it's a little bit more free flowing, which I like. And if it does teach this sort of engineering design process, I think that's a good, again, just another way of exposing her to different ways of thinking and that there are multiple ways to get to an end result. And I I hope that what it also provides is a sense of here's how we take learning and turn it into achieving something, right? How do we leverage what you've learned in that project to make this thing without telling you how to get from point A to point B? It's up to you to figure out how to get from point A to point B based on what you've learned at point A. So I'm really interested to see how this one worked out. I've gotten a couple uh, crates because I feel like you have to try a couple of them to see. You might've gotten one that was not great but or one that was really great and the others are not. And I think if this thing works out, then we'll, we might just kind of go all in on a subscription and, and see how it works. But I, I, I like the subscription boxes. I think they're a lot of fun. And it's certainly for our daughter who really loves to manipulate things and work with her hands it's it's a really great outlet for her and also provides some level of you know additional learning on the back end that that um it's just sort of the bonus that she's getting out of it 
You've mentioned the subscription boxes before, and we, we haven't done any of that, but you know, also worth mentioning in all this is the, the Highlights magazine. And so we've got the uh, High Five, I think it is, for the five-year-old and the, the older one for the, or the older magazine for the eight-year-old. And, uh, I mean, they, they love those things. They, you know, they will devour them the day that they come in the mail. So I, th- I could imagine that, uh, that your daughter and your son having the boxes come you know, fairly regularly. That's a pretty exciting day and have that come in the mail. Uh, so that just the, the the fact of it, the fact of it being a subscription sort of serial project is pretty interesting. Yeah, and what I've certainly with the KiwiCo, what I've done as we've gotten through the summer is I I bought a bunch of ones because they also sell the overstock on the website, and so I just like I buy a bunch and I hoard them for the for the year, and then when she's like really <laughs> bored, I'm like, hey, there's a KiwiCo. Yeah, and and it it definitely does the trick. I mean, some of the ones are pretty complicated. So there was there was a, a a fire one <laughs> I'm like she's like can we do that I'm like yeah when there's an adult who can yeah. just sit here and work with you and there's you know one on you know powering a battery using or you're gonna she's gonna power a clock using salt water you know just like fun stuff that she's learning along the way the the, the challenge with a lot of these things as you know from some of the science classes that we've had when the kids were younger is now you've got a bunch of stuff <laughs> that yeah, you're like right. what do I do with this and you know, one of the things she made was this pinball machine, which was huge. I mean, it was like two, two and a half feet. And we're like, what do we do with this thing? Because <laughs> she never played with it. And there was another, there's like a ping pong ball returner. So it came with ping pong rackets and balls. And then, you know, you hit the ball back into the net and it would shoot it back out at you, which was fun. She played with it for a little while. But, you know, kind of where we've gotten to it is build it, enjoy it. But to me... If once she's done building it, it goes in the car, in the garbage, it's fine. Like the right. the point the is activity. the process. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the process of building it, learning through that process. And truthfully, what are we going to do with all this stuff anyway? So there are a right. few things that we keep around. And then otherwise, she'll take a picture to be like, I did it. And then, you know, if she doesn't play with it after a little while, then, you know, I mean, we check with her. But, you know, then it goes out the door because otherwise you just have this closet filled with you know, right. these massive projects. But uh, yeah, it, I think they're they're a lot of fun. And also it gives me an opportunity to sit down and, and have a project with her. You know, the 14-year-old stuff, sometimes she needs a little bit of help. And it also, the thing I'm really working on her with is the following of directions mm-hmm. because it's small, you know, but you have to read everything. And I'm like, you you did this wrong because I you clearly didn't read the directions. So remember, let's take a step back, read everything, and then go. So um, that's one of the, it's funny. My dad has a story when he was younger. It's in middle school. He sat down to take a test, and the teacher said, you know, read through all of it and then get started. And he read through it all, and at the, the very last line says, don't take the test. Don't do anything. Don't fill this test out. Just turn it in after five minutes. And of course, there are a bunch of people that hadn't read that and just started taking the test. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one of those things that I want to teach her, like slow down, read it all, and then go through, which we teach her too when she's cooking, right? Read the whole recipe and then do it. So I think it's just another way to reinforce these things that we're trying to teach her. We hope you found today's episode informative. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash papayfatigue. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E. Thanks for listening. <laughs>